Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, good afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to my favorite, favorite, favorite part of the week. Um, it's all about the questions live now on Facebook and then streaming afterwards to YouTube, LinkedIn, everywhere you want to get video to have me on screen, which for some reason you guys seem to like it. I'm not used to it yet, but you seem to like seeing me while I'm doing the show. After five seasons of doing on broadcast with iHeartRadio, I've left that and now we are doing it in a different way, in the digital way, which those of you who know I am a geek, you can only imagine how frustrated I am with the technology as I'm trying <laughs> to figure it all out. And Melissa, my guest that I'm gonna, you're going to meet in just a moment as she waves hi, um, is laughing because like I'm always the one who has to teach everybody else how to do it. And now I'm having to learn something for myself and I'm not grasping it as quickly <laughs> as I would like to grasp it. So we're also going to podcast as we've been do as I've been doing for five years on your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, which I've been on for years. You can find us on Alexa. Just ask Alaska about it's all about the questions and you can listen to the show there as well. And I'm really excited today because I have somebody who I met before my book came out when I was at an event, Author 101 University, run by the unbelievable Rick Frischman. Mm -hmm. And she spoke about her book, Living the Savvy Life. And I remember her standing up on stage to talk about her journey as an author and to talk about this amazing book. And I was blown away. And Melissa, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember like running over to you after it was all over going, Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> and buying a copy of your book and devouring it on the flight home and then reaching out to you because I just, the concepts in it were to me things that I had always known, but you put it in such a way that it was really accessible. And I love the concepts in your book so much and you so much that I quoted you in my book. <laughs> you in my book in the chapter on what would a wise moon do around finances because the work that you talk about to me was so accessible and for so many people finances are not accessible and I know I recently introduced you to Lisa Peterson the mindful millionaire because the two of you just have so much in common in terms of your thinking and your accessibility so I really want to thank you for for playing with me as I figure out <laughs> the new stuff. You've been on the show before, but that was ages ago. And I can't, for the life of me, figure out how to check my Facebook Live over here on my iPad. So I'm not even going to try. Okay. Um, so everybody, if you are watching us on Facebook Live and I'm not responding, please know that Melissa and I write Melissa, we'll go back and we're going to answer any questions anybody has. So please ask the questions. That's what the show is all about. <laughs> oh my God, I just realized what I said. That's so funny. <laughs> I didn't even connect with that. That's just totally brilliant. I just punned myself. <laughs> okay, so I want to dive right in because what a lot of people don't know about you that may have heard of you before. And if they haven't, they need to go to your website and subscribe immediately and get your emails. But you and your husband also own a martial arts studio. Mm -hmm. You live in the San Francisco Bay Area, correct? Correct. Yeah, we're right between San Francisco and San Jose. Okay. So, I mean, that's an area that has, California has just been so hard hit with COVID and everything. In addition to you helping people with their business and their personal finances, which we're going to talk about, you guys have your own business that is very much an in-person business. It is something that requires people to be on top of each other. It's really new. <laughs> contact. <laughs> right, literally contact. Yeah. And I can't yeah. imagine that you can mask up easily no. while you're doing it. No. So, 
So talk to us about what that's been like for you guys and how you've been using your principles of having a savvy life with that. So I will say this, we were very lucky in that because of the work that I do with the Savvy Life, we, we do a ton of web, WebEx videos, we do you know, YouTube, et cetera. We're, <clears throat> a lot of the technology around being able to present and teach online saved us because we got the directive in March. It was something like March, whatever it was. Uh, we got the directive on a Saturday night. We were having some cocktails, playing cards at home. And I unfortunately, stupidly, I broke my rule and I checked my phone at night when I'm supposed to be relaxing. And I saw that they were shutting us down. They were going <clears> to <throat> make us close, close down. But because of everything else that we had, we had done online with the Savvy Life, we were able by Monday morning, every single one of our students had a link to um, be able to take classes online. Like we did not miss a beat. We did not miss a single class. And I will say the other reason why we were able to do that so fluidly is because, you know, for the last 15, 20 years, I've been fascinated by the success industry, the success mindset. And so while, bear with me for this, because this will make sense in a second. One okay. of the things that my husband and I always talk about is when it comes to teaching self-defense, we really don't like doing like a seminar on self-defense because it really takes years to get to a point where you're going to react appropriately. It's training, it's body training, it's mind training. And one of the greatest things you can do in order to be, get, get used to that idea of self-defense is to get hit, right? Because when you get hit, if, you, if you're not used to it, you're like, oh my God, that person just hit me. Oh my God, that hurt. You right. know, so you're having this like reaction versus reacting. Right. And so I thought about that. I thought, okay, so we got hit Saturday night. We're supposed to be playing cards and having cocktails, right? We got hit Saturday night, but because of everything that I've been reading over the years in this fascination of, you know, uh, the success industry, if you will, we just, hit, okay, so we got hit. Okay. Now, look, so what's the plan? Where do we go? And I, I've talked about that quite a bit because that was a huge lesson for me in that idea of, a door closes, right? They always say, you got to look for the damn window. Right. <laughs> Excuse my language. You've got to look for the window and you got to do it quick. And that, that was our experience. And we taught, I worked the Savvy Life during the day for three months. And then every night we transformed my office into a martial arts studio and taught online. <laughs> for me, that whole concept, I mean, of how quickly you pivoted just says to me that you and your husband ran through different scenarios so you practiced hit of your business yeah. Yeah. for quite a long time and it just happened that on march whatever it was that day you got that text you you had like a but then you were we know what to do yeah yeah and and, and we had talked about it because the signs were all coming so we had been talking about it and it was beautiful too so I get in goosebumps because there's a lot of a lot of beautiful scenarios coming out of this. Our students were amazing. Of all of our students, we lost two that had a financial impact, and so they couldn't continue with us right. along the way. <clears throat> the other thing, though, is we have extraordinary relationships with a lot of what we call sister schools, um, where they host events. Our students go to their events. We host events. Okay. They they all come to ours, and we were all talking, and we were all supporting each other. So what could have just been this very ugly time, and it, it was not fun. It, I do not want to go back to that. But it, but there was so much to draw from that it, it, it's, I'm a big fan of always looking for, okay, so that's working, that, that feels good, that like, versus like, oh my God, this is awful, the world is falling apart. Yeah, the world was falling apart, but I ju we just focused on what we could do about our particular situation versus getting bogged down by every, any, everything. We had our days and we had our moments <laughs> of just of that of that overwhelm and and levels of depression. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I'm very feel very good about us being able to 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 kind of zig and zag or hold one. You know, I, I I'd have a rough day and Paul would hold me up or vice versa, or our friends and family too. Well, what I find really interesting is that you, you talk about the goosebumps you're having now with thinking of all the different pieces that fell into place and that you each lifted each other up. You talked to other people 
in your business, in your area. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, when I had my tech services company, I was always amazed by my peers who didn't want to communicate because they felt that I was a competitor to them in the area. And I'd meet them at events and I'm like, Hey, so how's everything going? What's going on with your business? You know? And sometimes I would refer clients to them because they weren't a fit for me. Yep. We and did that as well. Yeah. They were always shocked. And I said to them, look, we're all in this together. There's more than enough clients out there for everybody. So if you want to glance at my contracts, I'll send you my contracts. I don't care if I can't keep my clients. I don't deserve to keep my clients. And I think that's something that is not something that people right now are thinking about or thought about before, but it's such a principle of the savvy life, as you call it, which is understanding your market, understanding your environment and being open to seeing what other people are doing. So what kind of things would you recommend to my listeners from your experiences building those relationships that maybe they can do right now during COVID that maybe if their business is foundering, not even floundering yet, but foundering, or is it the reverse? One's worse than the other. I always forget. I should know. The writers that we are, I have no idea either. I know. My mother would, if my mom was still alive, she'd be like, this is that, and that's that, and this is the word you want. But she's in heaven, and she's not telling me anything right now. But I think it's critical and important. So what would you say to them? You know, that's a really good question. And I don't know that I have an answer, except that that community that we built, now our martial arts school is 14 years old. Um, That community we built, we built over time. And a lot of that community came to us um, in, you know, students or um, uh, folks folks that we had known, because we've been in the martial arts community for 24 years here, 20, 20, a lot. a couple decades. And, um, and, and so, and in the martial arts community, it really is, that is not a natural thing to have this kind of communication. It's, it's really? anything you've ever seen in a Hong Kong Kung Fu movie about my Sifu is better than your Sifu and we're going to come and beat you up. That all happens. So karate kid. <laughs> karate kid. Oh yeah. All that is okay. Actually really does happen. Right. And so like when we split from our former school, we were a little concerned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were going to get lined up and we were you know, prepared for it. Uh, we were very lucky that that didn't happen. But in, but based on the types of people that we had around us is really what I'm trying to say. They introduced us to other people. And because we were open to having conversations with them and going to other events and everything, that all built over time. And again, I'm so grateful to those people. And every the next time that we can have one of our events, we host a, a fight day, an open mat session three or four times a year. I'm telling you, it's going to be a love fest. Instead of grappling, it's all going to be just hugging because <laughs> we can't wait to see each other. I'm trying to figure out how to hug people. And, and here you're talking about having a whole event where everybody's <laughs> hugging, you know, it, it's, it's kind of neat. Yeah. There's a restaurant, um, my mom, whenever we go out to dinner and she loved pizza, mom loved pizza, hot dogs, pizza, and vodka. Those were like, Oh, perfect. I love your mom. <laughs> right. And sometimes we'd go out to dinner and there'd be a restaurant that didn't have a full liquor license. They only had a beer and wine. And mom was like, wine, yuck. you know, beer, no way. I want my vodka. And, and she'd say vodka with water, but she really just wanted the ice cubes. And I think she said water just to, make it seem like she wasn't drinking straight vodka. (laughs) But there was this one restaurant, Pizzoodles, that we, I took her to, and she was really upset that they didn't have vodka. And they're like, well, we can arrange for whatever cocktail you'd like. And we're like, how? Well, there was a bar next door that didn't serve food called What a Tavern. And they had an arrangement. You would place your drink order (laughs) with the restaurant, the restaurant or a bartender from next door would come and they would deliver your drink and you'd get your bills. Yes. That's fantastic. But that's, that's exactly it. It's unfortunately in the U S we have such a competitive mentality. You know, we've got extreme challenges on TV and that's what everybody's watching or the, you know, shows about businesses like the shark tank where it's all about, you know, kind of very cutting 
Right. There's plenty of business for everybody, everybody, right? There's there, there, it's just like you said earlier, and that was a lesson I learned very, very early on. Thank God, because I think that I would have just, otherwise you're always, you're always self-doubting or you're always looking at your competitor versus looking at your own lane. But on top of that, the relationships that you can have that are mutually supporting, if you can build both of you up and along the way, or all three of you or four of you or five of you, why not? Why would you want to live in that other world, that right. other mentality, right? Um, and it, it, I want to be careful because I don't want it to sound like it's um, kind of la la land. And it's not, it's, you know, these are the, the, the realities are there. You just have to look for it. You have to look for those partners. You know, Mr. Rogers, you have to look for the helpers. Right. Yeah. I, I love that line. I just, I grew up watching him. He was so awesome. So we have to look for the helpers and it's not something that a lot of entrepreneurs are comfortable asking for help. Mm-hmm. A, a large part of what you do in your savvy life business, as you mentioned, you do your savvy life business all day. And then at night you would convert your home office to a martial arts studio, which I bet is really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So you would convert it, but during the day you're helping businesses and individuals understand the financial aspects of their businesses, which is something that people don't like to look at. They don't, which I understand. I had this one of the reasons, like, this is the reason I got into this business is my complete ignorance and embarrassment around that ignorance around money. Um, but it's the whole idea, and everything that we do is we help people to define the life that they want to live and then create a plan to fund it. And a lot of that, when we're working with people that own businesses, is untangling their personal and their business expenses. Because in that in, in entanglement, entanglement, where's your mom? You need your mom. I know, right? <laughs> my, my business partner, Kevin, he's, he he's, does that for me. He can tell okay. me which word I'm uh, not using correctly. Not in a negative way. He's, not, he's, he's a great guy. It's, I don't want it to sound like he's, you know, telling me how I'm wrong. Um, he's trying to help you grow. He's trying to help me grow. Yes, yes. So the... The idea behind it is that um, with that, when that money is tangled, it's so easy to have a bleed. That's, that's when money is just getting, getting lost because it's, you're not even really kind of seeing it, if you will. And so that's a, a big part of what we do when we're working with businesses is create those separate plans. And a lot of times we have, for the first time in their lives, clients have very successfully been running their business out of their own personal checking account. So there's little clarity. Right. And so right. it's like, okay, do your accountant a favor and we're going to have you guys, you know, open up your business account and get you all lined up. And you're just going to see, and you're going to feel better when you're spending because you've defined what you can spend, what you want to spend on. Right. So it's right. It, the one word that we hear ourselves using, we should make a drinking game out of it is the word purposeful because that that's the entire goal. It's so easy along any given day to just bleed money or get, get uh, distracted from our goals. And as you're bleeding money, it gives you less money to go travel or go to your favorite restaurant, it gives you less money to uh, do the things that you just really, really wanna do or invest in, right? You invest in your business or invest in, in, in your future, et cetera. That's a whole other aspect of it is that balancing act that we do, right? right? Um, but it's, it's a, the, the idea of it is just simply that money moves so fast. It's so, so chaotic in this day and age without a plan. It's just, you're kind of dragging along versus going in a straight line much, much faster toward the life you truly, truly want. And I'll add to that is that so often we're not defining what the life is that we want. Oh, and so we're just kind of tripping along, right? right. Um, and so if you can sit down and somebody is asking you questions, first thing that we do with clients is we ask questions of like, what do you want life to look like? What, what does travel look like for you? What do you want travel to look like? What do you want your, you know, what's your big goal that you're working towards? What is your, what does food look like for you? Like, are you a big foodie? Is organic really important to you? We need to make sure that's all a part of your spending plan. So it sounds like we make budgets for a living. We we just we help people fund the life they want to live, create that plan to fund the life they want to live. People hear the word budget and they freak out. 
I mean, oh, even yeah. I freak out over it. And my parents taught me from a very early age to understand your money and be purposeful about it, which is why I was so excited, you know, when I met you and got your book, because I was like, wow, somebody gets it. <laughs> <laughs> and they explain it in such an easy way. I mean, my grammar school, PS29 in Yonkers, New York, in kindergarten, they brought the local bank in. And everyone opened up a bank account with a penny. A penny. Oh, that is a priceless life lesson. And that was back when you had the books. Yeah. Which I yeah. think was really nice because you had something physical. Tactile, so, yeah. and then every week the bank would come back to take any deposits you might have. And they encouraged the parents to get involved who might not know it. And the parents could come in and it'd be a penny, it'd be a nickel. So yeah. it was never about who didn't have a penny to put into the account. The teacher, Mrs. Margolin, always made sure that it wasn't about who had and who didn't. Right. And then throughout that year of kindergarten, they taught you the value of it. And then you could see the the balance arise and then it we had Christmas Club back then, right? Do you remember Christmas Club? Mm -hmm. And they would let us open a book for Christmas Club. And even if you only had $3 or, you know, and you'd tell your parents about it, they would then cash it out and bring it to school. Or you could go to the bank and add stuff and you would get that and you'd know what you worked hard for. But that's not taught a lot, Melissa. So how do you teach somebody that? So, and the challenge with that, there's like a thousand challenges with it too, which is why we do what we do. One of the challenges is that it's not taught. And so there's fear around it. One of the other challenges is, and I could jump up on my desk and talk about this for the next 10 hours. Yes. <laughs> I want to see that. You're a martial artist. You can do Just it. Start doing some kicks. Um, one of the struggles that we have in this day and age is even if you were taught about money as a kid, Money, it's not about pennies and checks and, and cash anymore. It is about Venmo and PayPal and credit cards and automatic transfers. So, so we used to push money out of our checking account. Even if we used a credit card, we, you know, the, 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 the way that it worked, it was like one, going in one line towards that credit card that you were paying off, right? Now, the way money works, we're having so many different transactions in any given day and you've got money pushing and pulling constantly that if you don't have good money habits in place, you have no idea on any given day where you stand financially. And so then you do have this uncomfortableness in your spending, right? It's, it's uh, so many of the types of, of clients that we work with, doctors, attorneys, uh, private equity executives, CEOs, uh, professors and deans of universities, the complications around money now are so high without a plan there is just a bleed and there's stress and so a lot of times even if there's plenty of money what we're doing there is we're creating that plan for them so that when they go to vegas they're enjoying it because they know it's not going to negatively impact them going to see their kids in college um, for the big homecoming football game a direct story from clients that uh, oncologists that we worked with in, in alabama um, it's having a plan is around that idea of purposefulness versus having a plan is about budget and scarcity. Um, it's it, money should be enjoyed. Money should absolutely be enjoyed. And you can do that so much more when you know that you're doing right by your future self and really focusing and zeroing in on the things that you want now. So what are some things that those listening today or on podcasts can begin to do, whether it's a business that they have or if, they're not working right now because yeah. that's important to build those habits for when things shift to also, as you talked about, get your mind around where you want to be yeah. to plan for that, to help you get there. What are some of the first things they be, they need to begin doing? So asking questions, which <laughs> is, it, yeah. So looking at the different areas of their life and and evaluating is this where i want to be spending more is this where i want to be spending less do i want to streamline here um it's it's uh, he, one of our philosophies is to save money on the things that are not important to you so you can spend in the areas that are important to you so you've got to define in advance what is important to you 
I've got clients that are spending, you know, $2,500 a month on groceries and dining out because they are foodies and they love it. Got clients, you know, spending a couple hundred dollars a month on their bourbon categories. They're, wow. you know, they're, they're, we never cut anybody's liquor budget. <laughs> you know, we've Botox, you, you name it. It's all in there because those are the things that they define in advance that give them quality of life, that give them enjoyment, make them feel good. But in doing that, it's also very important to look at the areas where, you know, we're spending in this area and we're not enjoying it. With one client, their daughter was taking piano lessons. It was like $400 a month. She hated it. She absolutely hated it. They were bitching about, excuse my language. They were, they were complaining about the, um, that expense. And it's just like, okay, she doesn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing it then? Yes. Yeah. And I, I need to be very careful. We never tell a client where they need to be spending their money on. Um, actually, all we do is what you do is we ask questions and to help them to get an understanding and, and hear for the, very often for the first time, oh, seeing that expense in a, in a different light or that spend in a different light and then helping them to, to just to, to redirect. So it, it's asking the questions in the first place. And then the other area is because I always say putting them, the numbers on a document and making the math work, that is the easy part. The real art and what it is that we do is in helping clients. Okay, so how do you now live within that plan? How do you change negative spend, uh, money habits and how do you implement positive spending habits, but do it in a way where you're not like beaten down by it every day? It's just, it's, it's creating those habits, focusing on, on them in the first couple of months, right? Where they're new. And you're trying to really make them into habits, but that, but doing all of that in a way where it's enhancing your life and not making you feel like you're being punished. You mentioned one of your clients who spends $2,500 a month on the foodie lifestyle and, and then Botox and this and that. What I, what I want, what got me about that, right. Is I know some of my listeners are probably saying, well, I'd love to have $2,500 I could spend to be a foodie or on my bourbon budget or in Botox, but I'm worried about just getting food on the table. Yes. But here, yeah. Here's something I want everybody to be aware of, though, right, Melissa, and I'm sure you're going to echo this, is they came to you for help, <laughs> right? So they may have this money, but they came to you for help. Yeah. So it doesn't matter whether you're trying to figure out how to get food on your table or how to figure out how I keep my $2,500 foodie budget. Everybody at every level needs to be thinking about it. That's what, that's my takeaway from what you were just talking about. Yes. And I, I'm really glad that you brought that up. The the demographic of folks that we work with tend to be professionals. Um, There's a lot of money coming in, but there's a massive bleed. And it's just because they're, they're so busy, et cetera. And there's a lot of stressors around money. Um, that being said, you know, for years and years and years, we've worked with and continue to work with clients that are, it's a little closer margin. <clears throat> you know, maybe they're making good money, but they've got to a point where they've created so many bills. They've had lifestyle creep, right? So you've got a lot of folks that they're, they're making $100,000, $200,000, but they feel like they're living paycheck to paycheck still. Well, in the San Francisco Bay Area, or other parts of the world because your clients are all over, that's not even enough to pay rent. No, no, $100,000 is the poverty level basically here. Um, the, the, which is awful. God, that's awful Yeah. to say that. And, but unfortunately, it's true as it is in uh, Manhattan, Brooklyn. You know, there's just certain pocket, pockets of the, of the world, which is <clears throat> kind of one of the nice things about the, the, the world that we're living in right now, this terrible world we're living in right now is we, are proving that working remotely works. And so getting that job in an area where you're, you've got more income with the possibility of being able to move to an area where it's not necessarily expensive. That's a whole other story that I'm getting off. <laughs> right. And those corporations are also beginning to rethink salary levels. So That's if true. you're living in a high rent area, high home value, you're going to get X salary. But if you're going to remote work, you may get less salary. And that's bringing the world to a whole other way of thinking as well in terms of parity. Yeah. Okay. Because if you're doing the same work, why should it matter? Yeah. Yeah. 
And those companies that you're talking about right now are about four miles that way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, there's, the shakeup after all of this is going to be so very, very interesting. And I really try to pay attention to as much of it as I can without getting bogged down by it emotionally, because it, it money affects everything. The way we work, it affects the way we work, the way we eat, the way we dress ourselves. I mean, everything. And that's one of the ways I describe what it is that we do is we look at money from a lifestyle perspective. Okay. We're not just money in and money out, right? Okay. Because it's, hey, I really want to build up my emergency fund because I don't ever want to feel like I feel right now because okay. the world shifted sideways and I wasn't ready for it. I thought I was. I was, you know whatever it might be. We're seeing doctors that are taking 50% pay cuts. Doctors that are working in emergency rooms or not emergency rooms, but like the oncologist I was talking about, he's a, he's a surgical oncologist. Wow. And he had all his elective surgeries canceled for a couple of months um, because of, because of what's going on right now. You go and you get your medical degree and you do everything that's right. And you think that you're in a job that has absolute security and then a pandemic happens. And I, and I want to say that from a, the world is awful perspective, but unfortunately, no matter who you are or where you are, that emergency fund is very, very critical. So I kind of started the conversation off talking about the fun stuff. It's also because well, it's what I like to focus on, <laughs> but that's all a part of it as well is building, building that emergency fund, building, you know, you build that strong financial foundation. You're taking care of your future self while balancing the things that you want to do now. But I will add to that, going back to something you said a few minutes ago, which is right now all I'm trying to do is put food on the table and keep my keep a roof over over my head. And and that's yep, absolutely work with clients that are in that particular scenario. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have what we've seen again and again with clients is that we have a different like stages of life, right? Okay. You have a spending bell curve, right? So you you get the car and you've lived, you know, you've, you, you buy the house and then you, you might have kids and, oh, and you're accumulating all this stuff and then you hit this top of the bell curve and that all becomes a burden trying to get, you know, tr trying to get rid of all of this stuff as you go along. But what we find with our financial life, so not spending per se, reason I'm clarifying is we just did a video on the financial bell curve and I don't want to confuse people, <laughs> the spending bell curve, um, with our financial life. And so it's a stage one is, man, I got to build that emergency fund and I've got this debt and I'm really uncomfortable with it. Um, so, so what do I, I, I got to create a plan around that. Okay. So now I've done that and you graduate to stage two and stage two is, okay, so I've, I've, I'm getting a little bit of traction in my 401k. I've got you know my emergency fund. I've got a process for building that up. Now I get that next raise or that next bonus. What do I do with it, right? It's it's. I wish we had in this day and age, almost like grad you know graduating from high, grammar school to high school, right? It's a different level of education. Right. And it's, it's that same idea with money, and it's very easy with negative spending habits to always stay in that first level and just like. <laughs> like a computer software program that's trying to boot and it just keeps. <laughs> <laughs> you see the circle of death as I call it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's the, the hard part is for, for people doing this, trying to do this on their own. Absolutely possible. I mean, Kevin and I always say, you know, whether you create a spending plan on your own or you hire an outside source like us without that plan, it's just too easy to just stay here versus doing all those things that you really want to do and doing it in a way where you, you create financial security for yourself to the best of your ability. Well, in your book, you lay out how somebody can begin doing it themselves. Plus yes. you have um, tons of videos and resources on, on your website as well. Is it still the savvylife.com? So the savvylife.com, we've got articles there. We've got our YouTube video. We've got about, 55 videos there now on all different topics around this. And you know what? I never thought about this before, but that book, that's level one. Yeah. I never thought about that before because we wrote that book prior to working um, with financial advisors. Uh, we yeah. talked about, talked about the martial arts schools kind of working together. So for the last eight years, uh, we work as an outside resource for financial advisors 
doing this work for their clients because a lot of financial advisors um some love cash flow planning this is what you would call that right. others i always say would rather stick a fork in their eye than talk to their clients <laughs> about their spending <laughs> that's what we do <laughs> and so so the level of clients and that's another reason why i talk about the demographic of clients we work with a lot of professionals because we're getting them referred to they're getting referred to us from their financial advisor okay um we still take clients that come directly to us, right? May not be working with a financial advisor. They want to, right? They want to start doing right by themselves. We're like, we're our first step. But that book was written before we started working with the professional clients. And so it really is, it's level one. If you need a starting point, read that book. Read that book. There's a lot of confessions in there about my own lousy money habits before. <laughs> so you'll see I'm not coming from this place of judgment, trust me. <laughs> Well, that's important too. Uh, you talked about level one, you talked about your own stories in here, just like, you know, in my book, I talk about my stories and stuff. When it comes to finances, what I found with my clients, with myself even, is we tend to compare where we're at with somebody else. If you're starting your business and it's day one of starting your business, or you haven't even started it yet, yeah. But you're thinking you can't achieve the success of somebody else. And of course, you're going to fail because yeah. you're not even giving yourself a chance. But have you seen that through your practice? And I see we finally right. got the kitty to walk across the screen. Spartacus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that with your clients? And how do you take them past it? This whole idea of don't worry about what everybody else is doing financially worry about yourself because they, they want to get somewhere that keeping up with the Joneses thing, even in a business. And sometimes, I, I mean, I know I saw this with myself in my business. I need to buy that because I need to compete with them and they have that. Therefore I must have that, but I really don't know what's going on in their business that enables them to do that and how much they're making off of that. So how do you respond to that? How do you, yeah, there's two things around that. And, and that's something that we talk about very often is we're not just comparing ourselves anymore to our next door neighbor that has the new car or our coworker that just got back from that crazy dream trip. We're comparing ourselves to our 800 friends on Facebook and the, you know, thousand Instagram folks that you're, that you're following. So we get a very skewed idea of what life should look like. And unfortunately, without sitting down and asking yourself those questions, what do you want your life to look like? You're constantly looking at what everybody else is doing. And the unfortunate thing about that, kind of constantly looking at everybody, everybody's doing something different. So you get so confused at human nature, we get so confused as to what life should look like. The one question we get asked, one of like three most often questions we get asked is how much should I be spending on? clothes, dining out, uh, uh, food, et cetera. And the fact is it, it's different for every single person. Everybody's got different needs. They've got different enjoyments. They've got different financial capabilities. And so you've got to define your own life. That's number one thing that we do with clients. The numbers are just a piece of it. It's just what we have to work with, right? It's that defining. Right. And then once we've that, that life is defined and we look at the numbers and the numbers are just for the next 12 months. It's not forever. The numbers are just what you've got to work with your plan for the next 12 months. And then in an ideal world, you're getting the raise and you're getting the bonus and, and you're building these habits as you go along. The impact of doing this is for a lifetime. Okay. Right. Um, and I, so where was I going with this? We were talking about, oh, and the other thing about looking at other people's papers, uh, I watched one of Oprah's masterclasses. I, those were so good. Her, I her, her original masterclass. Oh, and she said something when they were first starting out and she was competing against the, uh, Phil Donahue. Right. And her team would come, come up to her and say, okay, this week Phil's doing this. And she kept saying, stop, you can't we're doing what we're doing. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Cause if you're a runner, the minute you do this, you lose a step. And the martial arts taught me that 
if I'm not looking at where I need to be kicking, my kick goes over here, my trajectory changes. Okay. And so that always, that always, since then that has stuck with me is we've got to define what our role is and just, I mean, you can look and you can click and like somebody's <laughs> trip or whatever on Facebook, but you got to define your own life. And that's the fun part. That's the, how cool is that? To decide, okay, this is where I want to be spending on clothes and this is what I want to be spending on trips. And this is what I want my evenings to look like versus just being so beaten down by the world that I'm just, you know, drooling, flipping on Netflix. And I'm, I love Netflix, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but there's intention around it. I, you know, that's a choice versus a byproduct of I'm just, I'm just run over and, and this is what I'm going to do with my time right now. Well, you mentioned Netflix, so let's talk about that. When a business like Netflix decided to start, they're a disruptor, right? Same thing with Uber, same thing with Airbnb, yep. same thing with Amazon, you know, when it first started out. Everybody laughed at them yeah. because they said that will never succeed. Those people weren't looking at anybody else in the industry as to what they were doing because there was nobody to compare them to. Yeah. Like Oprah, they said, what do we want? What's maybe our noble cause, as, yeah. as we call it? For Amazon, it was to make it really simple and easy for people to get whatever they wanted wherever they were. Didn't matter where they were at a reasonable price. And to, of course, because they're a business, to make ridiculous amounts of money so we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Airbnb, you know, they wanted to help people get additional revenue and get away from the hotel model. Now, of course, their revenues have dramatically changed because nobody envisioned a pandemic. Your way of looking at businesses and, and life, you're combining the two of them. So if somebody's starting a business, you want them to think about what is your business going to be doing in the world, yeah. right? And what do you want your life to look like yeah. so that you can design a business to give you that life aspect? Yeah. And I had a client, a potential client come to me through a speaking, uh, a keynote I had given, and she wanted to leave her job and start a nonprofit. And I went, oh, that's awesome. So we just had a consult and I was asking her what her financial situation was. And she was making close to $200,000 a year, didn't have a lot in the bank. And I said, okay, so if you start a nonprofit, can you afford to maybe live off $10,000 a year if you make that much? What would that do to your lifestyle? And she goes, no, 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 I'll still be able to make $200,000. I said, not if you're running a not-for-profit because you're going to have to account for every bit of money and you're donors are going to look at you sideways if you're taking that level of a salary, especially in the early stages. Yeah. And suffice it to say she hasn't started it yet because she hasn't planned her financial future enough with her current job so that she would have enough money in the bank yeah. to take that radical drop. So why is that so important? And what, what advice would you give to somebody, you know, it doesn't have to be from a profit world to a nonprofit world, but when somebody's got a business and right now it's not looking number wise what it used to. Yeah. Um, or they're thinking about starting one because they've lost their position and they want to start. What are the things that they need to look at? Think about beyond the I want to start a business. What are financial numbers that people really need to untangle, shall we say? Yeah, it's the thing a long that, way around to that. Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with business, it's just like personal finances. We have an, an idea in our head of what our expenses are, what our spending is, but we forget the, all the other little details around it. Um, we forget one of the things that we do for uh, personal and, and business spending plans is we add a 3% um, three percent category. Is 3% of your income is going to be spent on stuff. It's going to be spent on the kids' school pictures because we forget about that. It's going to be spent, you know, so, and, and most businesses, they early on, you know, they forget about that. Um, it's really understanding that it could take a year to two years or sometimes five and seven years 
to get your business profitable. Um, it's a, it's a, it takes passion to create a business. And if you are not passionate about your business, and this is just purely transactional, might be a little rough in those. <laughs> There's, it, it's, it's hard to be concise. We laugh, but it's true. Because it, it we've been there. You've got, you have got to, you've got to be willing to do your business for free and, and that kind of passionate about it. Um, if you're, if, if you're going to make it, especially in a time like right now, um, there, there are going to be times that there are very few businesses. And I'd be curious what your experience is. We're just right off the gate. They're profitable and it grows and grows and grows and grows there that you've got, there's, there's a time period where. And it's, it's funny, I'm listening to myself. I'm usually not like the dire, oh, it's going to be really hard at the beginning. <laughs> that's, not, that's not my personality at all. But, it, but, but I see it again and again and again. So you've got to be extraordinarily passionate about what it is that you do. Um, but you've got to actually be smart and have a plan too, because passion does not pay your mortgage. <laughs> you can be passionate, but you've got to do the work and you've got to have that, you've got to have that plan. And I would not advocate anybody starting a business unless they had six months at least of an emergency fund built up because you're going to be so stressed out about the money it's going to affect your actual work okay so six months of emergency what is how do you determine what that six months is i'm so glad you asked that so very often when we're thinking about oh i need to build that emergency fund we're thinking of replacing income <clears throat> when it's really your essential expenses. So your essential expenses that are gonna come up over you know, every single month and then throughout the year, those intermittent essential expenses, the property tax, the, again, having the car repaired and maintained, those types of things. So the idea is that if something catastrophic happened, you're not gonna be going on vacation. You're not gonna be dining out as, as much if necessarily at all. It's really just making sure those essential expenses take place. Or, or the money is there for those essential expenses. When we create spending plans for people, we're actually breaking out their <clears throat> on their spending plan is their monthly essential expenses. Here's how much it costs you per month to keep the lights on. Here's how much it costs you per month for all those essential expenses, but that kind of pop up throughout the year. If you save this amount of every single month for those expenses, you'd be you'd be all set. You wouldn't have to worry about them. And if you have a business you need to factor in both of those essential expenses, right? Absolutely. So your personal family expenses and your business expenses like payroll, yeah. uh, workman's comp, insurance, business side of those, those rents, if you have rent. Exactly. Exactly. So it's adding all that up. That's the number that you need times at least six. Other thing that I would say, just because I just worked with a, a lovely gentleman in Tennessee who is developing, actually, he already has a fairly successful coaching business. We untangled the coaching and the, and the um, personal. He's still working full-time, and he wants to jump within the next couple of years to full-time coaching. And he wanted to invest in, in like a public relations person and, you know, do, a, do, do some of this different things. And we, what we did is we were able to help him understand that do all the inexpensive stuff you can do to build where you want to be first. So again, we're that idea, we're trying to build your cushion. So don't, don't just yet right off the bat, I wouldn't necessarily invest in, in public relations. I would build up somebody in PR. They want to work with you when you're three, five years into your business and there's something to do. Okay. You've got clients that we can go back to and, and, you know, and talk to about their experience and, and, and really build. And I want to be careful because I was actually, worked in public relations for 10 years. <laughs> well, they can invest in something like um, a, a guest of mine and a friend of mine you might know her, Christina Davies. Um, she PR for everyone, for anyone. And she teaches you how to build PR for yourself. For yourself, exactly. That could be the start until you have a budget where you can hire somebody to do it, or you may find you don't need to do that. Exactly. Yes. It's, it's that what, what is the low hanging fruit that can help you build, really build that business versus putting so much effort, so much of your money into just this one area. Cause building a business it's you know, 
the energy and the time and the focus, it is all these things. It's like a spinning plan, right? So it's that same idea. You need to have a a, a nice foundation for your time and your, and your money. Yeah. Um, I, I have a new client that I just started onboarding as we call it in the tech world, but it's a, it's a great concept, which is here's pre-work you need to do. I'm sure you do some things like that. And he has these wonderful, hairy, audacious goals of where he wants to be. And he's starting to think about all the financial things and where he needs to be, what that number is he needs to have in the bank account. But he recognized that he needed a coach to help him really get it all together. I'm fascinated. I'm using that word way too much today. I'm fascinated by the whole idea of taking it step by step, thinking it through before you think it through. When I started my tech company, Guardian Angel Computer Services, I planned a bunch of stuff out. I talk about it in my book and all that, where I started looking, okay, here's my expenses. Thankfully, I left a corporate job with a package. So I had a year's medical benefits and six months. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. And I had money in the bank for the emergency fund, as you talked about, because my parents are like, well, if you're doing this, let's run your numbers. <laughs> and they panicked me to the point where I almost didn't do it. And then I realized there was fear from their side, having been raised in the depression. So you didn't yeah. make those leaps. And those are questions as you talk about when you're fantasy planning with people, right? But I, I know what's going through some of my listeners' minds right now, Melissa, and, and I know you have the question or the answer around this. There is so much fear around planning, around money, around just the whole concept of how can I possibly plan when something like COVID happens? But there's plenty of businesses thriving, even more than they were before. And there's a lot that aren't. Yeah. What do you, I, I mean, I don't even know the question to ask you around this. It's like a feeling I have that I know my listeners need to hear from you of, of, what, of what they can do, I don't know, or what they, I don't know. I don't even know the question. Are you getting a feel for what? I, I, I am. And I, and I, I want to be very careful too, because the last thing that I want to do is to, to talk anybody out through this conversation, talk anybody out of starting a business. Absolutely. Or right. so, ending a business or yeah. quitting their job or, or staying in a job or something. Yeah. So what I'm saying is when you do the planning, you go in a much straighter line towards your goals than if you had no plan at all, because you really don't even know what your goals are. Um, It's a plan sitting down and planning and taking a look. It might tell you, you know, I really want to quit my job, but maybe I need to stay here for three more months. And that would make all the difference in the world. Um, Planning. uh, And then the other thing that I would add to that, we talked about this at the very beginning of this conversation, is I'm a huge fan of following in somebody else's path as far as success goes. Who's doing it right? What are they doing? Right, we're talking about don't look at that other person because you're gonna misstep, but if somebody's ahead of you. (laughs) Call them up and say, hey, can I get some advice? Yes, absolutely, pay attention. And you know what, if they say no, that's okay. Call somebody else. Um, Get very comfortable with, you know, it's not no, it's next. Oh, okay. I think the greatest thing I learned very early on, which was a whole new concept to me, there's so much opportunity in this world. There is so much opportunity. It may not look exactly like what you think it looks like right now. And that's okay, because you gotta have some starting point. But there are people that need what it is that you do. Uh, There are businesses that need what it is that you do. I I talked to you a couple weeks ago about Donald Miller. Um, I'll give him a shout out real quick on, um, he has a company called Business Made Simple. And he is an advocate of small business. And I think that we're learning right now how important small business is, that we are the backbone of the United States. And they're, they're, they, we need your restaurants soon. 
I miss my restaurants. <laughs> it was and a little recovery time. Because of the sound-induced vertigo, they're too loud. But I need my restaurant food because there's something that I just don't want to cook. There, there is that. And we're really learning just how important that is, the, the, the experience of dining out, right? We need your restaurants. We need your coaching businesses. We, we need all of that, but we need you to create a plan so you can be successful in, in doing that. So I want to I wanna really kind of wrap up with that because it is very important. We, you've got, not to sound like sappy, but people have gifts that they're supposed to be sharing. But our goal is to have them do that in a way where they're going to succeed, right? Create a plan. And one of the investments, if I was just starting out, that I would invest in is find a coach because that coach is going to be your overall business coach. Just do your research. That's one of the most important expenses that you can, categories that you can have on your spending plan. Do the research on them. Make sure you are hiring right. Um, Would you agree with that? I, I would, I would. And you know, the, the new client I'm just starting with, he made me laugh because he came to me through a friend in the tech world, highly successful friend in the tech world. And she said, you got to go talk to Laura and tell me what he needed. And I said, okay, well, I think your best thing is my hundred day mentoring program where it's unlimited access to me for a hundred days, you know, phone, email, text, we set a plan, we take you yeah. there, you know, and plan, right? Cause that's what it is. And he goes, okay, I, I, I can't afford whatever the number is you're going to tell me it is. And I said, it's $2,000 for a hundred days of unlimited access to me. And he goes, Oh, I can afford that. Cause I budgeted, I was going to take a Tony Robbins weekend, which is too grand before you even travel, you know? And he goes, I can do that. I thought you were going to say 20,000. And you know, I probably could charge that, but there's coaches at every level. You don't have to spend $20,000 for a day with somebody. You just need to find the right person, which is why I love you and (laughs) and the work that you do, because it doesn't have to cost a fortune. It just has to be the right person for you right now. Or maybe it's the book right now to start. Yeah. Yep. And I know that you have an offer that you're going to give away to yeah. So how should we do this? I've never done this before. We've given given away a book on uh, on Facebook Live before. How do you normally do this? Um, this is the first time I'm giving away a book on Facebook Live um, this particular race. So I'm excited. And I know you have some stuff on your website as well. But whoever posts on the social media on the Facebook Live, hey, heard about and I want the book. I, I want to Perfect get some information from Melissa, just post it right there. Even if you're listening on the replay, whoever gets there, and if you're not comfortable listening on Facebook Live or you heard it on the podcast, um, email me, laura at laurastewart.com. Okay, yeah, Laura. I'll be happy to send you a book. Yeah. And, and we'll get you out what you, what you won. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's see where that goes. And I'm yeah. trying to get to the screen to see stuff. I've got my iPad over here, and for whatever <laughs> reason – I'm going to have to do some practice, more practices, but yeah, let's, let's do that. And what okay. else? How do they find you? Yeah. There are a lot of people who are probably going, I need more than just. The- <laughs> so we can help. Uh, our website is the savvy It's the name of our business. And so you can go there. We've got a download on there and uh, the download is, it's the five reasons why your money stresses you out and then how to, what, what you can do about them. So if you go to the bottom of that website, um, you can get that download. And then the other thing is we are on all the social medias. I'm very proud of the work that we've done on YouTube. Our channel, Living the Savvy Life on YouTube. We're not the little girl that does the song parodies. <laughs> Who is the Savvy Life? We are Living the Savvy Life. You can type in my last name, uh, Tosetti, to find us. Thank you. <laughs> We've got about 50 videos on there on all different types of topics. We try to upload one every single week. Um, we have an article just about every single week on our website. If you go down to the bottom of our website, you can see our article, Success Stories with Clients. Uh, and we, you know what? If you're interested in actual, like, you want to have a conversation, see if our services are right for you, 
you can go to our get started page. You can actually, my phone number's right there. I pick up the phone. <laughs> I actually answer my phone. <laughs> she does. I promise you, she answers her phone. <laughs> um, or you can schedule a meeting, actually link to my calendars there, or you can just send us an inquiry email. We try to make it as easy as possible. Okay. And for those of you who know I'm on Eastern time, Melissa is on Pacific time. So if you do choose to call her, please don't call her at 9 a.m. Eastern because that's 6 a.m. Pacific. But, you know, I'll probably go to voicemail and she will return. Right. I'll be in the shower. <laughs> Melissa, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing all your great wisdom. It was a blast. Thank you. I love this. I love, love hanging out with you. It's too bad that there's three hours between us and all the states. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm up late every single night because I, I don't sleep well. So <laughs> nine o'clock at night to you is midnight to me and I'm probably still up. <laughs> So thank you again. You're All you're right. just your your book changed my life. Really oh. did. And your friendship means the world to me. Thank you so much. Right back at you. <laughs> Thanks. And remember everybody, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone, and start your plan today. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.